Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. I'm your host, Daft Moan, a.k.a. Ben. This time around, we're touching upon something which has been in the news all week, possibly for the wrong reasons, possibly for the right reasons. Some would argue it's not a big deal. Others would argue that, in fact, these are very relevant discussions. I am, of course, referring to the interview given by Meghan and Harry to Oprah at the weekend and the subsequent fallout from that, which has highlighted for me a number of things. And it's possible that I may lose followers over this podcast. Not that I have many podcast followers to begin with, really. But those who listen to it may not agree. You are, of course, entitled not to agree. You may well agree, in which case, by all means, well, either way, whether you agree or disagree, let me know. Drop me a comment on the website, www.meerkatmusings.co.uk, to give me your thoughts. I have already written about this, not in great detail, but I've added my thoughts to my website, and I will include a link to that page in this podcast, so you can see what my written thoughts are. I wrote this post a few days ago, so subsequently the podcast maybe has some new information in it. Not a lot of new information, admittedly, but some new bits and pieces. What I would like to say, first of all, is that personally I am in... I don't know if I can say agreement. I don't know if that's actually the right word. I am deeply sympathetic to Harry and Meghan for what they had to put up with from from the British media really ever since Meghan and Harry got married. There's an obvious double standard in the way Meghan's been treated by the media compared to Kate. Kate being Prince William's uh, wife. There are a number of examples. For example, I, I forget which it was, whether it was Mail or The Express, one of these papers talked about how Kate was gifted an avocado during her pregnancy or at some point, and it was, you know, this nice gesture from William and that kind of thing. And then when Megan is eating avocado, suddenly Megan's linked to oppression and genocide and all kinds of bad stuff. And you're like, what? It's an avocado. Why is Meghan being linked to all these things when Kate wasn't? When Kate was pregnant and she's you know, caressing her baby bump, it seems being a very maternal thing to do. When Meghan does it, is it all about vanity all of a sudden? Do you see where I'm going with this? There's an obvious double standard here, and you've got to ask yourself why. People don't necessarily like Meghan. Okay, fair enough. I don't actually know her at all. I'm not going to judge her one way or the other in terms of her personality. But that has nothing to do with these very peculiar double standards and ways that she's being treated by the British media. It's, to me, all about one thing, and it's about the thing that no one wants to hear said out loud, but we have to face a certain measure of reality. We pride ourselves in the UK. We often think of ourselves as being not really racist, especially when you look at some of the problems overseas. 
the high profile stuff in America surrounding some of the cases like, for example, that of George Floyd and that kind of thing. We, we see ourselves, we like to see ourselves as being better than that. The reality is we're maybe not as good as we think we are. As a matter of fact, uh, I would say that there are... Maybe we're not as bad as America in some ways, but in some ways we really are. And there are things that we need to address in this country about that. Bottom line, Meghan was hounded out of this country, along with Harry, for the way that she was being treated by the press. It is obscene, it is heartless, and it exposes, in my view, some very deep hypocrisy within the British media. People were saying that she and Harry should never have done the interview. I say to that, why not? They are entitled to have their say. People are saying, oh, it's all about the money and the publicity. My understanding is, whatever fee they were being offered, the vast majority of it, if not all of it, was actually going to go to charity. But that's beside the point. They are entitled to have their say. They have been on the receiving end of so much vilification that they are more than within their rights to address that and, from their point of view, set the record straight. They made it very clear. For all those people that have been saying, oh, you know, Harry is disrespecting his grandmother and accusing the Queen of racism and etc., 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 they made it very clear that neither the Queen nor Prince Philip were the ones to make a comment about the skin colour of Harry and Meghan's first baby. And yet people are still in hysterics over how Harry apparently is accusing the Queen of being racist. But could there be some form of institutionalised racism within the royal family? Is it that impossible? You've got to bear in mind the royal family inherits power and wealth and for what reason? And historically, what has the royal family done? This obviously doesn't apply to every single person in the royal family. You've got to bear in mind there was at one point a member of the royal family who was associated with the Nazis. And yes, it's true, the Nazis. I am referring to King Edward VIII, who later would abdicate the throne, of course. But he was known to be a friend of Adolf Hitler's and known to be sympathetic to the Nazis. We have numerous comments over the years from Prince Philip, which have been laughed off as being those of uh, an old man from another time, but a number of his comments are highly inappropriate and the media has played its part in normalising that kind of behaviour. There are skeletons in every cupboard and that includes the royal family. They don't get a free pass just because they're the royal family. What does it mean to be royal anyway? What is a royal family? They are born into status and wealth. And although, yes, royal families do not 
these days have the same kind of, uh, shall we say, political influence they once had, they still exert a pull on institutions. And for what? By a fluke of birth, as it were? Is that really something that's necessary? But that's a different question, I suppose. But we're very quick to defend them in any and all aspects of, of their lives, apart from, of course, when it comes to defending uh, people like sort of Megan from, from racism, it would seem. And it's all just a little bit baffling to me. We defend them no matter what. Why? Why are we doing that? Are we programmed to do it? Maybe that's the case. The media fawns over them like darlings. Well, sometimes they do. And this, of course, if you remember, as I do, the way in which Princess Diana was hounded, then if, I suppose it depends on who you are and what you're doing at the time as to whether or not the British media will love you or hate you. But if they don't like you for whatever reason, they will hound you. And in this case, they hounded Princess Diana to her grave. And in the case of Meghan, she has been pushed towards suicidal thoughts. And then we have people who refuse to believe her when she says that, which is one of the most dangerous and ignorant mindsets you can possibly undertake. When someone says something like that, you don't ignore it. And you certainly don't tell them, I don't believe you. Even if, even if Meghan was lying about that, and I don't think she was lying, but even if she was, to turn around and say to someone who said that, I don't believe you, sends a horrible message to anyone else that might be harboring such thoughts or is feeling depressed and feeling low. There's a lot going on here to unpack. I know that. There's a lot to unpack from this podcast. I'm not exactly making up as I go along, but it's not scripted, let's put it that way. I guess what I'm getting at is there is this horrible, as I've said before, hypocrisy within the British press, the way in which they will turn on someone for the slightest reason, or sometimes for an imagined reason, is horrific. The double standards they operate with, they're unbelievable. As already mentioned, there are a number of differences in the way in which they've treated Kate to the way they've treated Meghan. And that's just, in my view, it's absolutely absurd. And they get away with it because they're not held to account. The royal family has a number of gremlins and they're not held to account for it. This business with Harry and Meghan is consuming the media. It's consuming social media. Meanwhile, what's going on about Prince Andrew? Prince Andrew, I shall remind you, was a friend and associate of Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, who was a child trafficker, who was facing a number of high-profile charges relating to paedophilia. And yet that story has been quietly dropped. Meanwhile, we're hearing how the Harry and Meghan scandal is one of the biggest and most damaging royal family scandals in decades. Hang on a minute. What do you actually genuinely think is worse here? Why is Andrew basically getting away scot-free? 
and Harry and Meghan are being slammed again and again and again. That's not right to me. There's something seriously wrong with that picture. And yet that's the situation we're in. There's this knee-jerk reaction to protect the royal family at all costs simply because they exist. That's the situation right now. And people associate criticism of the royal family in general as being this direct personal attack upon the Queen, which is not the case, not in the slightest. But that's almost how we're wired to react to this kind of thing. I would love to see Prince Andrew held to account for his actions, his comments. But he's not. And I think we all know why. Meghan is a, a black woman and she is vilified for that. While Andrew is an upper-crust white man of the establishment and he gets a free pass for things which are far, far worse than anything that Harry and Meghan have done. And let me just be clear here, I'm not saying that Prince Andrew is guilty of anything, but there are a number of highly dubious things about his story, his statements, and his history that need to be addressed. And they relate to a subject far, far, far worse than anything said by Harry and Meghan in terms of how you can use Harry and Meghan's words to, to crucify them. So why is that not the focal point? As I've said, we know the reason why. I'm tired of this kind of thing. It's, it's the 21st century. It's the year 2021. And somehow, somehow, we have to have conversations like this because even now, there are people who just don't get it, which is an absolute joke to me. Harry and Meghan have done nothing wrong other than exist, basically. And particularly in Meghan's case, she's been hounded. And there's one person in particular who's been doing a lot of the hounding who perhaps finally, finally received a small dose of his own medicine this week, and that is Piers Morgan. A guy who, to give him his due, has been the only person who's really, truly been holding this shambolic Tory government to account during the pandemic. But every so often, he will go off on one of his typical, ignorant, hateful rants. And one of the targets of those rants, over and over again, has been Meghan Markle. Why? Because at one point, I think they had a little bit of a friendship going on, and then Meghan decided that she didn't want to maintain that friendship, which is her right to do. And that has simply led to Piers obsessing over her like a, like a deranged, angry stalker, and vilifying her at every single turn. Often very angrily doing so, because this guy has a very short fuse. And then in some wonderful twists of irony, when he talks to people and they talk over him, he whines about it. Although he is the first usually to shout over other people and deny them their voice. Things came to a head when he actually stormed off Good Morning Britain the other day when he was called out and held to account by one of his fellow presenters over his behaviour and his actions. For someone that talks a lot about 
you know, being the big, bold, brave man, Piers' first reaction was to storm off set, having a temper tantrum, to what was a calm, detailed, thorough takedown of his arguments, by the way. And then he quit. He quit his role at Great Morning Britain. For someone that can dish it out a lot, and he loves to dish it out, a little bit of pushback, and suddenly Piers has run away. He can't justify his behaviour, he can't justify his arguments, so instead he runs away and repeats them. Which is not a surprise, really, to anyone that's ever actually watched Piers Morgan. As I said, I'm tired of these conversations. They're not conversations that we should be having in 2021. This kind of thing, it, it shouldn't happen anymore. This should all be done and dusted. There should be absolutely nothing else like this going on in the world. But unfortunately, we all know the reality that racism won't go away that easily. And racism can be, it can be subtle, it can be insidious. It doesn't have to be an overt act for it to be racism. And it can snake its way into society and it can be propped up and supported and we don't even realise it half the time. Especially if we are, as I am, a white male, I don't tend to be impacted by it. So I probably don't see it. I'm probably even not aware myself of some of the things that I've said and done in the past that could be interpreted in more than one way. We all have a duty of care to watch ourselves and each other and bear in mind the impact of things like this. Okay, I'm done for now. There's a lot more that I can talk about. Of course there is. I will be doing a podcast soon about something else which has happened recently, which once again highlights a deep problem in society. I'll come to that another time. But in the meantime, please just stop for a moment to think about who the bad guys are in this whole Meghan and Harry situation. It's not who you think it is.